I had to have this hard conversation with him and I said to him, the business is worthless. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. So in this episode, I'm gonna be talking about the conversation that I had that really changed the mindset of a business owner. Now, if you don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the owner of Mojo Human Performance Institute. We focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for driven mofos. And the reason why I do this is because most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. So only recently, I was working with a business owner who had come to me for some private coaching. They had built a semi-successful business. It had a couple of million dollars turnover a year. It had a bunch of staff. They worked in the trade-based business. They're going through a bit of chaos at the moment because especially in trade-based businesses at the moment, from what I understand, and I'm fortunate enough to have my brother-in-law is a tradie. He's a plumber. My dad also works in the building industry. He's got his own business as well. So both of them have their own businesses. And I guess you could say that they're a small business or semi-self-employed. My dad's got a couple of staff. My brother-in-law has maybe a couple of staff depending on the time of year and so on. I'm working with this client and we're talking about his business. And he said, look, Michael, at the moment, it's really challenging. Okay. There's a lot of stress in the industry because at the moment there's a lot of work, but at the moment, it's so uncertain because there's supply chain issues, which means we can't get products properly. No one can tell us when things are going to be here, when they're not. So we'll take on jobs. Then we realize we can't get product for two months, three months, six months. Sometimes they can't even tell us when certain products are going to be in. So we can't even go to a builder and say, this is when it'll be in. Builders are pressing us because they need to get more buildings out because we're going through a bit of a boom, I guess, at the moment in the building industry. So more and more people are buying houses and property. So there's a property shortage. So developers and so on are pushing hard to try and get more allotments developed and more houses into the market. You've got more people buying property. You've got more people doing renovations. There was a stimulus package that I think it was the Australian government put out where they would give rebates and so on on renovations and a bunch of other things. So the building industry is getting squeezed at the moment. Then you've had COVID, so you've got supply chain issues. Also, you've got inflation, so prices are going up. And if you quoted a price a year ago, that price may be quite heavily inflated because products and services have gone through the roof. Because that industry is growing quickly, you've also got a lot of people who are moving from employer to employer because they're negotiating price because they know that most operators are getting squeezed and need to get more work out. So because there's so much work, if you're an employee, you can go to the boss and say, well, I want more money. And if the boss says no, then they're, the boss is fucked essentially because they've got to get all these jobs done that they've got a backlog on. So they're in this really chaotic time at the moment. It's really, really fascinating and interesting. And I was talking to my brother-in-law about this only a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, the first thing I said is, number one, you're a small business. You've got a couple of staff. There's a lot of chaotic things that are going to happen right now. But here's maybe some of the things that you might want to think about. When everyone's going crazy, it's the time to not go crazy. That when industries are growing fast, one of the craziest things that a lot of other people do is that they get in there and they try to grow their businesses really, really quickly without the infrastructure. Now, if you don't have effectiveness in the business and efficiency in the business, then there's a lot of money being left on the table and just inefficiencies and ineffectiveness and you know fuck ups and problems and so on. So that's one of the things that most small businesses go through is that they're really ineffective and they're really inefficient. Another massive problem that small businesses face is that they're heavily reliant upon the owner and the owner's knowledge. So what will happen, and this is what I was speaking to this person about, they said, Michael, I'm stressed 
I'm just like so overwhelmed and stressed because we have all these issues. Customers are busting our nuts because at the moment they want the jobs done, but we have supply chain issues. So we're trying to bust, you know, the suppliers to try and get product faster and faster and faster. So we're putting pressure on them to try and get products faster so that we can deliver to the customers. Customers are getting irritated. Staff are coming and going more often because someone else will offer them more. There are other businesses that are doing jobs where they're making no money. In fact, some jobs they're taking a loss on. And in order to be competitive and keep winning work, we almost have to like decrease our margins. And so after he went through this conversation, I stopped him and I said, look, you've got to stop. My suggestion is, is if all this is happening, there's a few big key things that you need to think about. First of all, how valuable is your business? And where is the value in the business? And he said, well, we do great work and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, but let's just think about this in a different way. If you die, how valuable is your business? And he goes, well, we would probably stop overnight because the majority of things that happen in the business happen because of me. I said, that's the problem. The value of the business is you. The IP or the intellectual property of the company is all in your head. So if the intellectual property is in your head, it means you're the valuable thing in the business, which then means that you can never step away from it. There's no controls, there's no checks, there's no measures apart from you. So you're pissed off and frustrated at staff consistently because you go, they fuck things up, they make these mistakes, they're unreliable. All of those things happen as a byproduct of having no process, no structure, very small accountability, and all of those things that when there is process and structure, it's all in your head. So you see the structure and you see the process and you've got to keep telling people what to do. When staff make mistakes, you'll tell them off. And when you tell them off, they become more uncertain. They get more stressed. They feel more unfulfilled. So they'll go and find jobs elsewhere because they can get better money elsewhere. And they don't have to put up with a boss that puts all this pressure on them. And they feel like they're fucking up all the time. And by the way, how do I know this? Because I went through it in our own business. In fact, I've gone through it a couple of times where I didn't realize that I was the asset of our whole company. And in fact, my face is on the brand. Michael Mojo is the brand, which is also why I created Mojo Human Performance Institute. And over time, we'll grow into being more than me. Michael Mojo will still be me, but the brand will be bigger than me. And that's the goal. The problem was, is that he is the intellectual property of the company. He is also the accountability within the company. He's also responsible for paying the wages. He's also responsible for approving everything. When things go wrong, he has to manage it. He has to then manage the customers. He also has to do the deals. So all the stress is on him. So that's the first problem. The first problem is that the business has no value. He has value, but the business doesn't. Now, most business owners hate hearing this. And when I said it, I could see him getting really freaking agitated. And he was like, no, but you don't understand. We do a good job and we're better than our competitors and all that stuff. And I just stopped him there and I said, okay, you're emotional. When emotions are high, intelligence is low, according to neuroscience. You can't be emotional and intelligent at the same time. They use different parts of the brain. One is prefrontal cortex or executive center. And the other one is the amygdala. In the amygdala, we get all emotional and it takes blood flow away from the prefrontal cortex, which is our ability to think through things effectively. And I said, right now, now you're emotional because I'm challenging you and you think that your business is better than what it is and it's not. The market will dictate that when the market shits its pants and you're already starting to see it now. And I said, so if you want to move forward, you need to think about these things. So first of all, your business is worthless without you. Also, you have to ask the question, why have you set your business up to have all the IP in your head? When we discussed it, he ended up figuring out that it was his self-worth. His self-worth was attached to how well the business was operating. His self-worth was attached to how much he knew. He wanted to be seen as the smartest person, the leader, the achiever the person who runs everything. Yet his fears were that if I pass on all this knowledge to other people, then essentially they can take it and start their own business. Now that's part of the game. 
And if they can, great, you've got another competitor. Go out there and beat them. Competition is great because it allows people to step up. Without my competitors, I wouldn't have the knowledge that I have. Our events wouldn't be as good as what they are because they keep pushing me to be better. Our competitors, when they come along and push me a little bit, I'm like, I ain't giving up because this is my highest value. This is what I live for. This is what I love. And I'm not lying down. I'm going better. I'm going bigger. I'm going to achieve more. I'm going to push harder. And that's that competitive nature coming out, which comes along when your values are challenged. Now, years ago, I would go through stages where that would happen, but I'd also get down on myself because I felt like I was losing the game instead of going, I'm going to step up. Also, great businesses don't happen in years. They happen over decades. If you want to run a business and you love running a business, then see it over an extended period of time and competitors will always come and go. There have been thousands upon thousands of coaches that I've seen who have come into our industry and come and gone. I've seen hundreds of people run events, run seminars, and they do them for a year or two years. Then they realize that they're a pain in the ass. They're a motherfucker. Everything goes wrong. The shit hits the fan. And this is the same in any industry. If you think about your industry right now, whatever it is, competitors will come and go probably just as much as you eat food. I think most people think that running a business is easy, but when you realize that you don't get paid more for no reason. And there have been times in our business where I haven't taken a wage for 12 months. Not many people want to do that. Not many people are that dedicated. Not that many people are dedicated to waking up early and going to bed late and giving up their weekends and giving up Christmas and New Year's and all those things to make sure that their business operates effectively. The more you're dedicated to your business and the more it's a value of yours, the greater it's going to be. And so I explained this to him. What he started realizing was that if he doesn't educate people and if he doesn't teach people, then the company is worthless because he just doesn't give the business value. He has all the value on himself and he's only keeping that value because he's afraid. When I was explaining this, I could see his mindset starting to open up and realize that if he really wanted to make a valuable business, he would have to then put all the intellectual property in the business. Now, after a while, what happens is you get beyond a point where it's not a small business anymore and it starts to scale. When it scales, you can have tradies or you can have staff who are doing their jobs, but they will have the intellectual property to be able to do that job. So if they went out and started their own business, they could see a little bit of behind the scenes, but they wouldn't understand marketing, sales, branding, finances, and all the other areas as well, because you've got experts in those fields. And once you start doing that, it's a lot harder for competitors to come in and start their own little businesses because they'll pull away little bits of the market share, but they won't have large parts of the market and you'll have a bigger brand and all that stuff. So the hardest part I think in business is going from startup phase to the scale phase to really where the business gets its value from which is the intellectual property and the hiring processes, the firing processes, the recruitment, all of those things are all part of the valuable asset of the company, which then means that the business owner can really be a business owner, an entrepreneur, and they can be thinking more about the business development and new ideas and things like that instead of getting stuck down in day-to-day management and the day-to-day craziness of what happens. And you know, a staff member that comes to work and says, my cat ran away last night and I can't find it. And then you've got to sit there and listen to their emotions for an hour. You don't have to worry about that because you've got a manager who will listen to that stuff. And you've got other people who are there who support that and make sure that the staff feel valued and that they feel that they're being looked after and so on. And it opens you up to more. So this is the great dream of where most entrepreneurial and business owner people want to get to, but at the same time, they don't want to give up all that other bullshit, which is their fears. That was the first thing. The second thing was I said to them that you've got to really build a great vision and a great mission. And you might've heard me talk about this on some other podcasts is that when you've got a great vision, you will naturally attract other people who want to be part of that vision and mission. Because when a person comes to work, they want to do something that's meaningful to them. That's really deep down what they want to do. They want to get paid, but they want to do something meaningful and they want to make it feel like they're having an impact and doing something great. The only way they can do that is when you've got a great mission and a great vision. And at times like this in that industry, if you don't have these things, and this is what I was explaining to him, if you don't have that vision and mission, things will start to get out of control because you start to focus on your competitor, not the mission. You start to focus on the industry, not the mission. You start to focus on what's not working instead of the mission and the vision. So then you start to become all foggy and clouded and stress fills your mind. Problems fill your mind, not the vision and not the mission. So the first thing is you've got to put the IP 
into the company, the intellectual property and start to create processes, start to create frameworks and systems. The second thing that you've got to do is get really, really clear on the vision and the mission so that you naturally attract people in and staff members who want to be there for the vision and the mission of the company, not just because you're there to make money. What I'll tell business people is this, if you're a business person listening to this, if you're driven by money, the people that you employ will be driven by money. And then you'll turn around and say, these fuckers only come to work because they only give a shit about money and someone else offered them more money and they want to go somewhere else and they're pressing me all the time for a pay rise. That's you. If you work because you're driven to do what you love because it's meaningful, you attract people who come in and do what they love because it's meaningful as well. And you'll create a great culture, but that great culture will also, if it's managed well and you've got good intellectual property and good systems and frameworks and all of that stuff in the company, not only will you be paid well, but your staff will be paid well as well. And they will love coming to work. They will feel like they're there for a reason. So that's the second thing that I said will help them get through this chaotic time and this craziness. The third thing is your mindset. As a business owner or an entrepreneurial type person, if you're not consistently investing and working on your mindset and taking yourself out of the business to do that, this weekend, or depending on when you're listening to this, but this weekend we have our business and entrepreneurial odyssey. The one thing that I think is the biggest seller on that product, apart from being able to learn and surround yourself with other driven business owners that are all growth driven and so on. And most people are in the range of about $500,000 a year turnover to about $10 million. That's sort of the bracket of the people who come to that event. But they're all really growth driven. Not always at first, but what I say to them is that part of the value isn't just the learning of the content, surrounding yourself with other business owners that you can bounce ideas off of and create a great network of people. But the second thing is that you have to remove yourself from your business and you have to think when you're outside of your business differently. Now, a lot of business owners just surround themselves in the same environments with the same people doing the same stuff consistently and then they wonder why they're stuck. You need to pull yourself out of your business and have dedicated time away from the business to be able to think through things, but have it dedicated to thinking time and business. Because a lot of people go on a holiday and they party and they drink and they do all crazy shit. But that doesn't help the business. That just means that you get to decompress. And a lot of the time it's a distraction. Whereas when you have time outside of the business where you're focusing on working on the business, not in the business, it makes a massive difference. Even a couple of days. Like I'll see huge shifts and huge transformations just from three days. We do that every 90 days. And it's structured that way for a very specific reason. Because I find that most people can do about 90 days, about three months before they burn out or start falling apart in a heap. So every three months, if they get a reboost, they can keep pushing up to greater levels. So my suggestion is you need to have time time outside of your business to work on the business. But the number one thing that you have to do if you're a business owner and an entrepreneur is to work on your mindset because you have to consistently adapt and change as a person. And when someone says like, I watch tradies go through this all the friggin' time. In fact, I've got a few people who I've only reached out to recently to try to get them into our course for that reason, because they're friends of mine. They'll work hard, they'll grow their business, their team will grow. And then all of a sudden there's a few issues that happen in the business and they end up back on the tools. When you're doing that, no one's running the business. No one's leading the business. No one's overviewing the business. You're back on the tools. You're doing the work. You're essentially an employee again. And that's the problem. Someone's got to lead. Someone's got to manage in order for the business to grow. Now, if you can't have time out of the business for a couple of days to be able to do that, you're in deep shit. And if you're not consistently working on the business, not in the business, then you're in deep shit. Also, if you're not someone who can take time off to develop your own mindset and keep working on that and develop into a leader and also a manager, then your business is just going to be stuck at that level. And I watched my dad go through it. I love my family. But my dad, over the years, I watched him come to dinners for years and complain all the time about Staff is shit, employees are shit, business is shit. I hate doing this stuff. But then at the same time, he's running a business. And I would drop little hints, but I try not to give him too much advice because family a lot of the time don't listen to advice anyway, in most cases, and not good advice anyway. They'll take whatever they want and leave the rest. And the majority of the time, he didn't really want to run a business. He didn't want to be an employee of somebody else. But at the same time, he wanted to make good money, but he didn't want responsibility. Now, those three things together don't really work. Okay, if you're a business owner, you have more responsibility and you have more accountability. Like I'm responsible for paying 
paying the wages of my staff. I'm responsible for making sure that customers get the product and the service that they pay for and in fact over deliver because if I add more value than what they pay for, they're going to keep coming back and we have reoccurring customers and we have a very high reoccurring rate with our events and that's hopefully the reason why I assume. We also have an amazing community so I'm responsible for the community. I'm responsible for putting out these podcasts consistently now. So your responsibility goes up but you should love to do that. So you have to adapt from the person that you were when you started the business to the person you need to become. And I'm always thinking about that. And with my clients, I'm always asking them, who do you need to become to deal with the problems that you currently have so that you can grow to the next level? When you do that, you'll be way more effective, you'll be way more efficient, and you'll keep achieving more in your own life. So you wanna make sure that you do that and really work on your mindset. This is why a lot of large companies spend a shit ton of money on corporate coaches, on development coaches, on experts that they bring in, they'll have advisors, all of those people because it helps them make better decisions. And if you're surrounding yourself with very smart people who are very intelligent in their spaces, you will also become very smart and very intelligent in your space. If you're hanging around a bunch of dropkicks, you're probably a dropkick. Okay, I don't mean to say that in a harsh way, but that's the truth. If you're the one who has to pull everyone up all the time in your friendship circle, then maybe you're hanging around the wrong people. Maybe you're the linchpin. Maybe you're needy and they're needy and that's it. You wanna hang around other people who keep lifting you up to greater levels. And so you've gotta surround yourself with people who keep pushing you into the new version of yourself. I remember over the last six months to a year, I've had to learn a lot about leadership and a lot about management. Now, a lot of people that I've come across think that management's easy and leadership's easy because they're the first people who criticize their leaders and their managers in business. It's not hard. It's just that it's a new skill set to learn. And so I had to go back and I had to study a lot of that. I had to invest in that. I've brought on some new mentors and some new coaches that I've got to be able to help me in those areas that I can bounce ideas off of and try and work things out. And then not only that, I had to become a new person, which means it fucks up my whole mentality. My psychology for about two to three weeks was shithouse because I went through something called an identity shift. And in our events, I've seen this and I identified this probably about two to three years ago when I would watch people come to our events and within about two to three months, they would fall into this just gap of feeling lost. And I couldn't figure out why. And then I was watching SAS Who Dares Wins with Ant Middleton and he was talking about getting out of the army and going through this identity crisis where he didn't know who he was, what he wanted to achieve and what he wanted to do. What I found was that if you're growing quite a lot mentally and emotionally and you're growing as a person, you'll go through these stages where you grow, you grow, you grow, you learn all these things. And then all of a sudden it's almost like this whole transition kicks in where you transition into the new version of yourself, but your identity hasn't quite clicked across yet. The learnings are there, but the identity hasn't. So if you're a business owner, you go through this identity shift where you go from being the employee to now a leader. That will create a gap where you feel lost and you just feel really stuck and like, I don't know who I am and what I wanna do. And you've got all these questions and you can't figure it out. It can be really emotionally exhausting. Now I just write it out. Like there are times where I go through it where I'll just spend two to three weeks I do the bare minimum in the business. I spend the majority of time watching television and old reruns of Geordie Shore or I don't know, some shit TV. And I just literally just sit on the couch and just chill. And I have no motivation. I have no enthusiasm. I feel completely lost. And I might journal a little bit when things come up, but the majority of the time I just chill. And all of a sudden it's like my brain just bang, gets it and it clicks and boom, I'm off again. And then I'll go for probably another six months to a year. And then I go back through that phase again of feeling a bit lost and not knowing who I am and where I wanna go and what I wanna do in life. And that's just an identity shift. And it's different from being lost because you don't know what you wanna do originally. Like I think most people in society are really lost. But when you're driving hard and you're pushing hard in life, you go through these identity crises where you shift into a new identity. And only recently, the recent one I went through, which was late last year, started this year. For me, that one only lasted about a week where I felt lost. I knew what it was, I'd go out, I'd mow the lawns a little bit. I'd do some of the gardening. I don't normally do that stuff, but I just sort of felt the need to. I'd clean up around the house. I did some work around. Didn't really do too much that was sort of meaningful to me. It was just stuff that, I don't know, it was just chilling, exercise, 
once or twice a day. And I just did whatever I felt like. And then all of a sudden, bang, it clicked back in. And all of a sudden I became a leader and a manager. And for years I would say, I'm not a good manager and I hate management. I'm still not a great manager, like management isn't my skill, but I know now I'm developing really good management skills, but my leadership clicked. So I'm certain that I'm a good leader now. Whereas before I didn't think that I was a good leader. I used to doubt myself a lot and all of that stuff. So you'll go through those phases in your own journey. These are important too. So if you're going through this phase in your business, you need to keep working on your mindset, but you will have those times also. It's just something to be prepared for. So that was my third piece of advice is working your mindset. The other one is start to create good boundaries for the way that you operate as a business. If you're in these chaotic times at the moment and you're a trade-based business or you're in any sort of chaos with an industry that's expanding rapidly and inflation's hitting and all that, you need to create boundaries. And those boundaries are, this is the work that we do and this is the work that we don't. And you've got to know what to walk away from. Because most business owners focus on business growth all the time, growth is only part of a cycle. You build, you maintain, and you destroy. They're part of a growth cycle. Like you can't build a new house without destroying the old house that's on the block. Or you can't build a new house on farmland. You have to destroy the farm in order to build the new house. So you you can't create without destroy. And as business owners, we need to be thinking about what we're destroying in order to create what we want. I'm always thinking about this because sometimes I've got to destroy finances in the business and the financial growth in order to create the next level of client or customer acquisition or customer growth. And so one area of the business might be getting destroyed while the other one's growing, but then that one picks up and I pull that one up on the next level of growth. Sometimes I might have to get rid of old staff and destroy the certainty of staffing in the business in order to create the next level of growth and the next level of customer service. Because sometimes Sometimes staff can only grow to a certain level and then you need new people to come in and them to grow beyond what was already built. So these things happen, but the creation, the growth, the maintenance and the destruction all happen within a business every day. And the more aware you are and the greater you are at leadership skills, the more you're able to ride this stuff out and know what's growing and what's dying. But what most business owners do is they go grow, 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 grow. And their focus is growth all the time, but then they freak out because they want to grow. But at the same time, they don't want to deplete the bank account. I hear it every week. Michael, I would love to attend your events and I would love to do this, but I don't have the money. Bullshit. You've got the money. You're just investing it elsewhere. Be honest with yourself. Or, you know, I don't have the time. Well, of course you don't have the time. Why would you have the time available? Because everyone fills their time that's available with things that they think are important. If you don't think that your own personal growth and leadership and learning is important to you, you won't make the time to do it. And if you're always looking at customer growth and getting work out, and that's what you're looking at, then you won't grow your own mindset. You won't grow into a leader. You just won't do it. You won't commit the time to it because you'll go, we need to keep making money. We need to keep making money. And your focus will be financial growth all the time. But you'll get to a level where you're bogged in the mud and you're just spinning the wheels and nothing's growing. And nothing's growing because the business will not grow anymore with you at the same level that you're playing the game at. And unless you change that, nothing will change. That whole creation, maintenance, and growth is really important. When things are going crazy, sometimes the best thing that you can do is maintenance or a bit of destruction. And the destruction might be going back in and putting in processes. So you might have to go through a bit of a financial stall, put in more processes, more structure and more boundaries in the business, understand your customers better, do better with your marketing, pull everything together because as that industry starts to collapse in on itself, which it will do, especially if it's growing rapidly, it'll become a bubble and it will collapse in itself. When it does, you've got the systems, the processes, the infrastructure. Now it's time to go hard and you'll be the one who comes out on top. But normally what happens is when everyone's going erratic, everyone else goes erratic. I don't know if you've ever seen those fish where you throw like food into the water and all the fish just go crazy and they're all like snapping and fighting. That's what happens in an industry when everything goes crazy. When the share market goes crazy, everyone's jumping in and buying and buying and buying. It's like you can't lose. I can be the dumbest, shittest investor and throw money and I still make money and look like a genius. That's what happens when you go through a cycle within your industry where things are going mental. And that's starting to happen. That happened. That was happening in trade-based businesses. Now that 
that's also happening partially a little bit in the economy. It's happening in cryptocurrency. There's lots of stuff like that happening at the moment, okay? We just gotta be careful of. But naturally, if you look at it, good investors and good business people normally start to go into a bit of conservation mode. They will start to build structure, set stuff up, go back, refine their vision, put a good management team in, build a really good team of people around them, bring in the best people because when everything collapses, they'll be the ones who grow out of that because competition just dies off. Most other businesses will fail in that time or they'll just downsize into something really, really small again. Unemployment goes up and great businesses start to grow. I really hope that this talk helps, especially if you are a business owner because it's something that I'm just seeing happening right now. Anyway, there's a whole bunch more I could talk about, but hopefully this has given you something to think about. Hopefully it's giving you something to focus on maybe a little bit now because it is probably the most common conversation I'm happening with trade-based business owners right now is that they're going, everything's crazy, supply chain issues, all of this stuff, what do I do? And sometimes doing the thing that's counterintuitive is the most productive thing that you can do. And when you're someone who's focused on growth, sometimes you've got to be focused on conservation mode and building infrastructure and building the things that aren't making you money right now so that then you can grow again when everything chills out and settles down. And that's where you gain market share. The greatest companies normally gain traction when the markets are turned to shit. And they do that because competitors just drop away. When everyone's fighting over the same chip, it's really, really hard to get growth and traction because everyone's trying to get everything that they can and squeeze every little bit that they can. Anyway, I hope that helps. Please remember to subscribe, like, and share as most people waste their life. And I just don't want you to be one of them. Remember everyone, never underestimate the dream. Keep living with MoFo, keep pressing hard and keep doing your thing. Remember, if you love this as well, share it with your friends and family. Let's try and get this baby to number one in self-help on iTunes and on Spotify as well. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Anyway, take care everyone. Have a great day.